Welcome to our special Money in Esports series on SportsGeek. In this episode, I chat with Darpan Randawa about the McLaren Shadow Project. Welcome to SportsGeek, the podcast built for sports digital and sports business professionals. And now, here's your host who sees similarities between esports stars and athletes, Sean Callanan. Thanks, DJ Joel. Yes, my name is Sean Callanan, and I do see similarities between esports stars and athletes. And this discussion uh, with Darpan Randawa about the McLaren Shadow Project actually illustrates it really well. Uh, this is part of a special sub series of the Sports Geek podcast. If you're listening, for the first time via this series, please check out the regular Sports Geek feed. Uh, you can find that at sportsgeekhq.com. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, this episode is from the Money in Sports, Money in Esports series that we ran in Sydney on August 9, where I chatted with Darpan Randawa from McLaren about the McLaren Shadow Project. Uh, very similar to some of the discussions I'd had previously with Craig Neeb at NASCAR and Tom Halls looking at Formula Formula E, um, in understanding the racing scene and esports and gaming and understanding how it actually does help development of actual athletes. Very different to a lot of other esports and gaming where it doesn't actually result in getting people on the pitch uh, or on a court. In this case, we actually talked with Darpen about actually getting the competitors that have played in the esports scene into actually cars. So it's a really interesting discussion and really interesting to see what McLaren are doing in building out the McLaren Shadow Project. I really suggest you check it out. Um, This is my chat with Dapan Randawa from the McLaren Shadow Project. First of all, Darpin, thank you very much for coming. Uh, you are Senior VP, Asia-Pacific for McLaren. Um, why does an F1 team get involved with eSports? Yeah, thank you for, for having me, uh, everyone. So it's, it's a good question. So a couple of years ago, we knew we had to explore this eSports thing. Um, being racers, we wanted to be first to do it. Um, so we, uh, we also knew that some of the slides earlier showcased that racing was not a huge genre in esports, unless you're killing someone, shooting someone, robbing someone, punching someone. So we thought, right, we needed to do something a bit more creative. And we started, uh, uh, we wanted to get into esports to tap into a different demographic. Yep. We've been around as a brand for 50 years in, in, in racing. So we thought, how do we talk to a younger demographic? And, and that's why we got into it and, and started uh, what we call then the world's fastest gamer, which is uh, our first season um, of esports. And um, what that was basically was anyone anywhere in the world could compete on um, PC, uh, console, mobile, uh, and compete on four of the, the world's most popular sim racing games. Um, Forza, uh, R Factor 2, Real Racing, etc. And the fastest would qualify. The top 10 would go to the UK. Uh, and the winner, the world's fastest gamer, would win a one-year contract being a test simulator driver for Fernando Alonso. Okay. And that was our first season. And, and that's the thing. That's the bit that makes racing and what you're doing with the Shadow Project so different. Like when we talk, you know, if I talk to the guys at NBA 2K or, or the E-League with FIFA – 
you know, they're engaging with their gaming audience, but they're never going to actually end up uh, playing a game. You know, you're not going to be really good at NBA 2K and then facing up against LeBron James. And likewise, you're not going to end up on a pitch if you're good at FIFA. Whereas there's a, there's a, a real driver development piece that's part of the, the equation here for, uh, for you, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, look, we, um, it all kind of happens. So sim racing is a big part of what we do in Formula One. So there's 22 races in the count, 22 next year with Vietnam, but 21 this year. Um, and when you, um, when driver finishes a race in one Grand Prix, he's on a sim uh, the next day practicing for the next Grand Prix. Yep. So sim racing is in our blood. It's part of our development program is what we do. So when um, Rudy Van Buren, uh, who won season one uh, of, our, of our competition, um, won the competition and, and, and he was a, sim ra- it's a test sim racing driver for, for Fernando at the time, we, uh, we started testing him um, and we were testing him for G-force, for cognitive, as we do throughout the entire boot camp. And, uh, and this kid was good. I mean, yep. he was really, really good and, and really started karting uh, when he was eight and he stopped karting because it was expensive. Uh, his dad ran out of money and he started selling kitchen equipment in, in, in Holland. Um, so now he's back in the sim and we thought, right, let's measure how good this kid actually is. And uh, what we learned was, you're right, if you're good at FIFA, you're never going to play for FC Barcelona. The transferable skills are not there. But if you're good at sim racing, we learned that there was, the transferable skills was 85%. So we thought, right, let's do an experiment. We'll put Rudy into a car. We're either going to go to jail because we're going to kill Rudy or um, we're going to be geniuses. So we got Rudy to sign a lot of papers and um, <laughs> we, we, we put him in a car and Rudy absolutely whipped it uh, in the race to Riyadh. He beat professional drivers. And it was because of so many different things, but you know, fear is not there, and it was just gone. So um, the experiment uh, was a success. Um, I'm sitting here, not in jail. And uh, we decided to call it shadow, as in shadowing the, the virtual world into the real world. Um, and it's become really cool because now we've bypassed karting and young boys and girls can actually get into the sport uh, through esports, which is a really different spin from what we've heard today from, from everyone. Com- yeah, completely. And, you know, if you look at the latest uh, data report report from Simon Kemp of, you know, internet penetration in in other parts of the world that are, that don't have, you know, we've got 100%, everyone's got internet here in Australia. I mean, it's shitty internet, but we've got internet. Um, but in different parts of the world that are still coming online, you, uh, the Shadow Project now starts opening up motorsport and and just to that new audience. It's a completely new audience. Um, you look at, you know, I had, a, I had a question the other day. Someone asked me, why aren't there, why isn't there a Formula One champion from India, from Africa, from China? Um, well, traditionally, to get into the sports, it's karting. Karting's expensive. Lewis Hamilton was a champion karter. Uh, Lando Norris, the kid driving for us now, I was talking to his dad the other day, and he said Lando started karting when he was four. Um, and it's expensive. It's, it's an inhibitor to the sports. So now we'd like to think that, you know, in China, it's growing. We've got participants all over the place. In, in year season one, we had about 30,000 participants. Last season, we had half a million people uh, participated. Um, this year, we should have significantly more. Um, 
And now what's really cool is we know we're never going to be able to compete with a League of Legends in terms of numbers and broadcasts and, and whatnot. But what we're trying to do is is something a bit different. It's it's how do we help young kids get into our sports at a grassroots level? How do we get brands to interact with something different, a spin on esports? Yep. And how do we help young boys and girls realize their dreams of uh, becoming a, a Formula One or a motorsport driver? I mean, one of the buzz terms in sport over the last 10 years has been fan engagement and how do you, how do you produce content and how do you engage new, new fans? What, what kind of fans is, is the Shadow Project bringing in? Are you getting completely new fans to F1 um, where they've never watched it and coming in via the game? Or is it like, you know, NBA 2K and FIFA do, which is that most of their fans are basketball and football fans anyway. Like, are you, are you getting both benefits of both? Yeah, look, we've just spent uh, a lot of money with, with Ben and, and his company uh, to do the, the only Formula One uh, fan survey that yep. we did. So we've got about 197 million fans around the world from a, from a McLaren racing ecosystem. Um, but then when you look at the McLaren Shadow eSports program, I mean, it's no difference to what we've heard tonight. 18 to 24, predominantly male skewered, young, uh, I call them Gen C, Generation Connected, where, okay. they're, where they're, they're on their phones for everything else but making a phone call. Um, and so it's, 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 it's that kind of demographic. But they're also, if you look at it from an from ecosystem, you've got sports fans, then you've got Formula One fans and McLaren fans, and then you've got eSports fans. So I think because our brand is 50 years old, because uh, it's been around for a long time, um, we're getting a lot of younger audiences who are not hardcore McLaren or Formula One fans coming into the program. And then when you, we've created stars like Rudy Van Buren, like uh, Igor uh, Froger, who won last year. And these guys, you know, uh, have become a beacon for uh, telling the young people of the world that, hey, we were, we were nobodies. We were little kids in suburbs and, you know, in selling retail. And now we're worldwide. I mean, Rudy's now racing full-time for Porsche. Fast forward 12 months, and he went out there, he tested, and, and, and now he's a superstar. And do you think the, uh, the travelling circus that is F1, you know, 21, now 22 stops, it's a major event that's, that rolls in. Do you think things like uh, the gaming element helps you with an activation piece to people are coming to an event and they also want to do some sims and because that's how they've connected with McLaren? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, we haven't done as much at the well, – still, this is our, our third season and we're always looking to innovate. Um, but we've got um, – uh, in season one, all we focused on was the finals. Yep. Last year, we did a few qualifiers. So we did uh, our partners, Logitech, do a, a qualifier with a G Challenge. Uh, we did a qualifier with HTC Vive in, in virtual reality at China Joy, which had, uh, I think, 500,000 people come through the doors in three days, which for an esports conference, which is mental. Um, and this year, we're doing one with, um, uh, with the Singapore Tourism Board for the Asian Qualifier. So they're going to activate everywhere. And then Singapore Grand Prix in, in September, we'll have a qualifier. And the winner gets a direct seat into the top 10 uh, for the finals. And so, yeah, like, like Rob was talking about with tennis, you've got the option of integrating it with the big events that is Grand Prix, 
but them being their their own thing and yeah. and and having those events and having the esports fans come and watch the product itself. Yeah, exactly right. So um, we've chosen to keep it on genre, yep. um, only because we've uncovered that hey, there could be a pathway here uh, into 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 the real world. Um, so that's the, the the direction we've we've gone in, um, and so far it's working. Um, one of the things uh, with the Shadow Project I found fascinating because especially when I did the landscape before and said. Here's these multiple titles, and and you don't see many multi-title stars in esports. You're either a great League of Legends player, or you're a great Fortnite player. Whereas with the Shadow Project, they're actually playing different titles. How how have your players sort of going from Sims to then VR to then mobile games? How do they adapt? It's a good question. So, if you're a good sim racer, in theory, you should be good at playing quite a lot of these games quite well yep. because what makes a good sim race is many different things but cognitive concentration your reflexes it's no dissimilar to being in a formula one car that's why the skills are 85 percent if the skills are 85 percent in theory that should tell you that you should be good at playing all of those reasonably well so being a and the reason we've done cross games is because we wanted to attract the larger ecosystem of sim races. Yep. Um, so that's the theory behind it. And, and the welc- the, it's been welcoming. And so every iteration going from year one to year two and now going into year three, you know, you've tested and learned and expanded and tweaked it. What does, what does the Shadow Project look like going forward? Like I wouldn't be as bold to say what's it look like in five years because <laughs> no five years in esports is, you know, uh, 35 years in traditional sports. But yeah. what's, what's, on the, what's on the horizon for the next 12, 18 months? Look, I think one, one of the interesting things we, we learned was um, I saw a slide earlier saying that um, uh, console or PC was, was, was up there. But for us, it's all mobile. Yeah. So when you hold a phone – you're driving like that. So mobile consumption's gone through the roof for us. So when you have a look at uh, Asia Pacific, my region, you look at China. They're all upwardly mobile. Uh, phones are cheap. Internet's good and cheap. Uh, Indonesia, you've got half the population under the age of, what, 27 or something like that. They've got good internet. India's coming online with cheap phones. So the mobile consumption, the mo- access to mobile and good internet is huge in this part of the world. And that's a, a huge opportunity for us and our partners. Um, and we're talking to a bunch of telcos in China, et cetera. So, um, we see a shift towards mobile and for our partners and brands to activate around that. Uh, and then where that leads from a commercial perspective, I mean, we're, we've, got, we've got globally, uh, big global sort of e-commerce companies knocking on our door saying, hey, we've got the ecosystem, you've got the sizzle, uh, it's all on mobile, what can we do to create... Um, a program that not only encourages people to come play, potentially become a Formula One driver, but how do we sell them more stuff as well? Yeah. So it's all coming together nicely, but five years, man, it's, um, I don't even know what's happening in five minutes. No, no, exactly. It, um, you do have a commercial focus. How has, over the past couple of years with the McLaren Shadow Project and the, the earlier iterations of that, how have those conversations evolved over the last three years when you're saying, 
you know, here we are in F1 company, racing is our, in our blood 50 years and now we're delving into this new piece. What was that sponsor education piece for your existing sponsors but then starting to talk to new ones um, in the tech space? What's, what's been the conversations from a commercial point of view from you? I mean, look, we're never going to compete on broadcast. We're never going to compete with, you know, Dota or, or uh, LOL and, and these sort of platforms. But I think what our brands and our, and, our, and our partners and our new partners like about the story is that it's unique. And, and it's also McLaren. So you're, you're getting in on a different part of – you're buying, you're buying a different component of McLaren because trying to come on as a sponsor for the Formula One team – there's a lot of zeros at the end of that. Yep. Um, but now you can be incubated into our commercial ecosystem and, and, and you can have that visibility. But more importantly, I think brands resonate with what we're trying to do. And they look at what's happened with Igor, that's what's happened with, with Rudy, and they've said, wow, these, these kids are inspiring. What you guys are doing are, are, are help, you know, inspiring thousands and millions of, of, of kids all around the world to... To, to say, you know what, dreams do come true. And I think for the right brands, that resonates and we can help with that storytelling. And it's because, it, you know, and like you said, it's a completely different product to sell uh, because, you know, with F1, you're looking at, there's, you know, there's the logo in the broadcast, here's all our eyeballs. So what, how are you, how are you going about selling it? Is it part content, part media buy, part IP association with McLaren? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of all of that. Um, less so the media buy, but more so storytelling and content. And we're also very lucky that our current uh, Formula One driver, Lando Norris, is a huge gamer. Uh, he loves it. He's really good at it. Uh, and he's you know, a rising star in the sport. Um, and, and he's going to be around in the sport for a long time. Um, so... Lando is passionately involved in that. So everything that we do, we sprinkle a little bit of Lando on it. Uh, and all of a sudden, you get coming in on a, uh, on a uh, great sort of platform and you've got access to a Formula One driver as well. So it's content creation, it's storytelling. Um, and then the right events um, will, act, will, will, will attract you know, a good amount of people as well. So it is that it is that content creator, uh, and you're just putting out more content. It's reaching that gaming audience. It's engaging part of your traditional audience and that attractive younger demographic that multiple people have spoken about today. Correct. So then, the only other thing is for mine, like, what do you want? Like, it's not where do you think it's going to go. Where do you want it to go? Um, I'd like it. I'd like to see on a personal level. Yep. I like to see more girls get involved. Um, I gave a I gave a keynote at Harvard not long ago where they asked me why aren't there more women in the sports? Uh, and I've got two young daughters as well who are mad McLaren fans now, and you know have asked me on several occasions, Daddy, can I be a race car driver? My answer is you can be whatever you want, especially a race car driver. So breaking down that stigma early on, and I think this sim racing movement will allow that. Uh, and, and I'd like to see more girls get into it. I'd like to see, um, you know, developing nations like China, like, well, not really developing anymore, but India, like Africa, yep. uh, you know, Southeast Asian countries, Thailand. Um, I'd like to see more 
talent coming out of these sort of countries and, and I'd love to see a Formula One champion from one of these countries in the not too distant future. It sort of seems like it's like the, the story is starting to build there now, you know, with Rudy Igor coming out of esports now, hopping in cars. I know, you know, it's happened in other motor, motorsports. NASCAR has a similar pro, program of driving and then they did the same, signed all the waivers, put them in a car yeah. and they can drive okay. So it sort of seems, do you think that's going to be a, a tipping at the tipping point or a little bit of validation of, of, of the space? Yeah, validation, yes. But to be honest, that's really not why we started it. Yeah. It's kind of just organically happened that way. It's not why we – we started it to create another piece of McLaren that would resonate with a different demographic. Um, and it was an experiment with Rudy that led us – that got him into a car. Yeah. Um, but now – you know, even though it's not officially why we created it, but internally it's like, oh God, wonder what the next guy or girl's going to end up doing. And it's really, you know, quite exciting. And and you have a look at, you know, when when um, when Eagle won it last year, he came into the McLaren Technology Center to spend a bit of time with our engineers and and, and racers, and he was already talking about downforce, but not explaining it as downforce. So these kids already have the raw knowledge around racing. But after, you know, a few months with us, he now got all technical and understood downforce and, 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 and now he's also racing uh, in, in, in some live cars as well. So to see and help these young grassroots talent through our program and whether we sign them or not, um, come out the other end, um, that's, I don't know, that's pretty cool. I mean, it is, and, it, and like you said, whether they come out of the project and end up in one of your cars or someone else's cars, it's a success for what you've tried to do, and I guess it is reshaping what grassroots racing is. You know, like uh, it's not karting anymore. There's there's other options, and it opens up for for other people. New workshops on audience, content, distribution, valuation, and pitch following Sports Geek's Digital to Dollars process. Go to digitaltodollars.com. Thanks to Darpen. You can send him a tweet. Darpen, D-H-A-R-P-A-N on Twitter. Or connect with him on LinkedIn. The, the links to everything McLaren Shadow Project will be available at sportsgeekhq.com slash 246 and at sgesports.com. Uh, as always, if you want to chat about esports, go to sgesports.com to book a call. Um, and as I said earlier, uh, if you want to check out other episodes of Sports Geek, go to sportsgeekhq.com. Don't forget, Melbourne Esports Open is on this weekend. Um, I'm recording this not knowing whether I've sold out the Melbourne Esports Open Tour but we will be booking other slots if we do. So if you have not booked your spot now, please do so. Go to sgesports.com slash tour. We're running a guided tour uh, explaining the different titles and leagues and esports around the Melbourne and Olympic Park precinct. Um, if you'd like to join myself and my general manager of esports, Brandon Defina, to learn more, we'd love to see you there. Um, until next episode, where I discuss Twitch and broadcasting, uh, in our final episode in this series, my name is Sean Callanan, and you've been listening to Sports Geek. 
Join Sports Geek Nation, access to exclusive Slack and Facebook groups with regular Q&A sessions with Sean Callanan. Go to sportsgeeknation.com to join. Need help with your digital rate card? Not sure how to price your assets? Is there a disconnect between digital and commercial? That is where Sean works best, in digital divorce counselor mode. Book a time for a call with Sean to discuss the Sports Geek process. Go to sportsgeekhq.com slash phone call. Go to sportsgeekhq.com for more sports digital marketing resources.